and welcome back to Chaco Disaster. I'm Chorpsoy, and we have a special guest today for this very special episode. Hey, I'm QB. Uh, QB here is uh, a friend of the show who has sent in several fan mails and uh, talked to me on the uh, outside the podcast about various animes. And QB is here to discuss some of the things that we looked over in our previous discussions of this season, specifically in more, like, child-oriented t- television shows. They're generally pretty bad, but this season there's actually some interesting ones. Alright, so, we'll get right to it, and let's talk about some of the anime you've been watching. You have a list of, like, five or six that we didn't touch upon that you had something to say about, so... Um, uh, first of all, you guys you guys kind of passed over Shonen Maid because of the, obviously, the title. Right, and like the the way it reads from the its um like its synopsis can read a little skeevy. It, it's it's definitely a setup that has been used before. Okay, yeah, but it's actually like an above average shoujo anime. Okay. Like I, I don't know if you have that experience with watching like shoujo anime like Ori Monogatari. Or... Uh, yeah, I, I've definitely done a fair share of shoujo, yeah, a lot more that, that's, on the that's, romance that's side. That's an example but... of an unusually very good one. They're not usually that good. Right. It's usually, that's like finding gold in Haystack or whatever the expression is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Shonen Maid's pretty standard fare in terms of kind of... It's actually a little bit better than standard fare. Okay. For a few reasons. So, let's let's talk about that, because just from what I've read, it seems like impressions of it for people who have watched it have been better than would be expected before everything it's, came it's out. It's definitely not porn. Okay, that's good. I mean, that's a great start. Um, well, actually, I just wanted to start with, like, the first episode, because it gives you kind of, like, an idea okay. of, like, the kind of tone of the show. Like, in the first episode, like, almost the first scene, Chihiro, the main character, is at his mother's funeral, being given her her will, her last will and testament, mm-hmm. and it's just covered in emoji. What? And, and, and it's, it's like, oh, uh, I guess I'm dead. I wonder what you're gonna do about food. Uh, Lol, that's D. Later. And cool. he, just walk, he just walks over the stove and lights it on fire. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really weird start, because it seems like it's supposed to be somber, and then it just gets really silly really fast. So, like, it, it, it is a little somber, because he, he's an orphan child, mm-hmm. but he he's tough, and he's he can adjust to stuff. Okay. Um, so the explanation behind the maid thing is that uh, he, he just really doesn't want to be a deadbeat. So, like, okay. he accepts staying at his uncle's house um, as his foster father. Okay. Just, but only on the condition that he does all the housekeeping. Mm-hmm. And his uncle happens to be a fashion designer and he gives him an experimental outfit for a uniform. And Jihiro just doesn't really give a shit as long as it doesn't hinder his cleaning. So he just wears it. Okay, so it's just more of, I made this outfit, you might as well wear it, rather than, like, this is something I specifically picked out for you. It's more for comedy than right. perversion shit, or, like, yaoi reasons. Right. Like, Which... it's, it's, it's actually pretty interesting halfway through the show, okay. because, like, he's he's just gotten used to wearing it at this point, mm-hmm. and everyone that, all his friends, at first he was afraid of them finding out, but then they he just said, explained, oh, it's my uniform. And they're just like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. But cool. Yeah, but he, he, he actually, one in a recent episode, he just goes out into town and gets groceries like that. And oh. they and people actually just give him free food and say, like, hey, nice nice outfit. And he's like, cool, free shit. <laughs> I should do this more often. And I think as far as, like, matey shit, it doesn't go into, like, kind of 
the weird angle. Like, I think he still wears shorts with the whole thing. Like, it's not... It's more of an interpretation of what a maid outfit would be like if it was for men. Okay. So, like, there's there's frills on it, but it's, mo- it's, it's like, there are shorts, and it has a lot of, like, male aspects to it. Okay. Yeah, um, like the tie in the middle. So, it's definitely not a Yaoi fan service anime. It's just a story of, like, an orphan trying to adjust to his new family. Okay. So, I mean, it's really nice to know that something like this isn't being sort of, like, at least content-wise pushed towards the angle you'd expect, and then that it's just kind of, like, a lighthearted Yeah, fun actually, fare. one difference between it and, like, other shoujo is that no one's really being exploited here. Okay, so there's there's no, like, weird dynamics yeah, to Yeah, nobody's pushing anyone up against a wall, no one's being brooding or hitting people. No, no real romance as far as the, uh... No. As far as it goes, yeah, so... It, which, yeah, that's, I mean, that's nice to hear. It's mostly it, just a, just a, like a slower paced, just, just a sitcom. It's pretty, okay. it's pretty funny. It's not hyperactive or have any like perverted jokes. It's just kind just of goofy a, slice of life. It's just really normal, which you wouldn't expect <laughs> with a name like Shonen Maid. Yeah. You'd expect it to be definitely a lot more like overreactions and kind of. Yeah. Like in the, in the latest few episodes, uh, like the last episode, there was a parent visitation date at, at his elementary school, and he was worried if his uncle would show up or not. He would oh. get lost on the way there. Maybe. Huh. Um, another episode, his uncle brings home a cute dog, but he's allergic <laughs> to dogs. Oh. It's, 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 it's just normal situations. Huh. They're not, they're not getting naked and going to baths or groping each other or whatever. Right, or any of the bad stuff you, you might expect, but it's like, it's just kind of, these are things that happen in the lives of these people. That's that's cool. But it's understandable you get that impression from it, because it's definitely been packaged like it is that kind of anime. It, more than just, like, the, the synopsis that they gave? Well, for, for starters, like, like, for the first six episodes, um, it's just like the ending song is a boy band concert with these characters you've never seen before, and you don't know who they are until, like, the sixth episode. Right, and it turns out, I think if I remember this correctly, it, there's actually just a boy band in the uh, in the series proper. Yeah, there's this, but they shove these boy idols in your face, and they have nothing to do with the show at all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird, and that definitely seems like out of place. Like it's just put there as like advertisement until you get to the point where they would be introduced. Yeah, it definitely seems like someone in marketing decided that. Yeah, and I mean. I guess since it's based off something else, people who are going in knowing the original manga might know who these characters are, but it's definitely weird from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, but overall, like, the actual story is a lot more tame and normal than even shoujo normally are, and it's mm-hmm. not everyone's thing, but it, it'd be pretty hard to, like, take offense to anything that's actually in the show. It's very, okay. it's very tame. I mean, that's, that's really nice to hear, honestly. Yep. Uh, yeah, another show I kind of... Well, I guess you guys didn't talk about it because it's very kitty, but it's uh, Aikatsu Stars. Right. I I learned about Aikatsu too late for me to ever get into it, and I felt like if I was going to get into a second Aikatsu Stars, I would need to know something about the first, so I didn't mm. touch that. Well, actually, uh, another reason is that people were kind of unsure of, is it like actually, is it the old show? Is it a new show? It was like it's actually it is a reboot or or sequel to the to the anime Aikatsu. The first Aikatsu did end after 178 episodes. Right, it was a huge series that la- you know lasted a long time, and then this one is it a proper sequel? Um, it, it is a is completely new characters, a completely new setting. But I mean, I mean, it's not a new setting, but it's just a different setting. 
Okay. It's like, uh, it's, it's just about, it's, uh, Aikatsu is about girls who go to school for idols and they do idol activities, which is what Aikatsu means. Okay. Uh, over its super long run, idol activities was shown to include everything from, like, lumberjacking to pulling tires with your, <laughs> with your back to harvesting uh, potatoes, and uh, all of uh-huh. those apparently fall, in, fall under the umbrella of Aikatsu. I, I, idols can do all those things. Yeah, in 170 episodes, you kind of run out of things to do. No, they've never run out. <laughs> They're still going. Uh, is it, so when you say idol activities, do they ever, is it ever like a, a battle thing, or is it just like a 180 part slice of life series? Like, is there an overarching, like, plot or, like, villainy to it that they have to overcome, or? Um, not really. They're just competing okay. with each other and going to school and learning how to do activities like idols. It apparently includes every conceivable activity. Right, okay, so it's more like a never-ending tournament arc. Um, it's more, it's more like people just form teams and then sing songs together. Okay, so there's no real, like, um, like... Oh god, um... It's not like there's a lot of structure to how they handle this, like, competitions in terms of school stuff. Yeah, it's, it's just a school life anime. There's no adversity. Okay. Really. Like, there's no evil idols or... <laughs> That seems impressive for something that went on as long as it did, that it never hit a point where it's like, oh, we have to introduce some sort of conflict for them besides the standard conflict of getting better at this school Yeah, I mean, you're, you're used to, like, the card game anime, and that's... Uh, every single episode has has a competition. Right. I, I'm a, I always expect a competition, especially from a long-running series. Like, you can go and do kind of slice of life for so long until I would expect you to kind of run out of things to do and say, okay, well, now we have to get a plot going. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, a lot of people were confused at whether it was a new series or not. But, okay. Um, so it, it it's it's just this Akatsu Stars is pretty much the same the same thing. Only now the idol school is co-ed. Okay, so there are so there are boy idols there as well. Yeah, and and, a, and the like everything looks a lot better because it's a completely new setting that they didn't start three years ago. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a big thing. Is like now that it's had a time to, I guess catch up to to modern I guess anime stuff and they don't have to keep to whatever they had three years ago they can kind of yeah, I actually push didn't, the limit. I actually didn't like the original Ikatsu because it looked really awkward. Just like okay. like the really early episodes of Tribe Cool Crew or something. Kind of three with like how they use three D or just in general? Yeah the three D just looked very, very awkward. And okay. I, so I, I I just skipped ahead three years basically. <laughs> and I hear that the Ikatsu kind of had an awkward stumbling block at the beginning with its 3D. Um, kind of, but I never but got, maybe I, not I, I actually hard. never got past that block. Oh, really? Yeah, but apparently the reason it got rebooted at all is because the show wasn't doing well in its time slots, so they just rebooted it. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, but that's a, that, that could also just be speculation. Right. But, um, it still has those CG dancing that, like, Grave Beats and Tribe Cool Crew have, so if you're not really used to that, and if you don't, if you, you have to like idle music, or else there's no point to watch it at all. Of course, yeah. But this show is, this show is actually, like, probably a lot, uh, easier to get into than old Aikatsu, which is very pity. Okay, like, so this, this is maybe hitting, I don't know, still pre-teens, but not quite as young as original Aikatsu would be? Oh, it's still hitting the same demographic, but just okay. maybe, it's maybe a little more complex now. Okay. So maybe growing up with its audience a bit. I mean, three years still isn't that much, depending on no, it's how def- young. No, it's definitely not growing up with its audience. Okay. You, you forget, you forget pre-here. 
Right, it's right. Like, it's okay. on its 13th season. <laughs> it's older than its demographic. I mean, there, there are definitely shows that try to grow up with its audience in a way and sometimes stumbles. But I was wondering if this kind of hit the same thing, if it's trying to get more complex to still sort of reach to people who would have watched original Aikatsu at the proper age. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Speaking of things that are maybe over 10 years old, uh, there's an anime called 12 Years Old. And then a, right. lot, of, a lot of Japanese I can't translate. And apparently no one else on the internet bothered to either. Yeah, we we tried to look it up ahead of time if Google knew anything or if tr- Google Translate could give an idea of what's going on, but it didn't really help. Yeah, it's not really worth looking at, though. It's it's, 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 but it's interesting for a few reasons. Um, okay. I dropped it pretty early, just like two episodes in, because it was very boring. <laughs> okay. Um, so the only interesting thing about it is that it's actually like a kid's show, but it's about puberty. So it's getting, okay. it's, it's getting to these pretty advanced topics that you normally... It wouldn't be that, like, what's the word? Ambitious? Yeah, it's kind of like, I guess, how Galko-chan turned out, in a way. I mean, it's kind of interesting to see just, like, actual, well, not actual sex education, but starting to begin the conversation on it. Yeah, because I guess this seems like Galko-chan for, like, a younger audience who are just getting into kind of puberty and starting to deal with the changes that come with that. Well, the problem is it's nowhere near that good. (laughs) Okay, well... It also sounds like it's. It also is like a full length, right? Which could be an issue yeah. to what it's trying to do. Um, it's actually kind of interesting because it's the least visually entertaining show I've ever seen. <laughs> All like right. a, lot of, a lot of people have problems with like shows that are just about like uh, like they're at a school. Like how, how do you make that interesting that they're, they're right. just like at school? And so for this one, they just kind of gave up. They didn't. They just did shitty backgrounds. And they looked like they drew in five seconds. Everyone's everyone's mouths, they only move, like, half the time. And that's impressive, given that you've watched a lot of, like, really old anime. It reminds, like, me, it reminds me very much of a, of a certain anime. It was about, like, it was a magical, magical girl anime about, like, a Dr. Rin, or something. He, huh. used, he used, like, the Chinese Zodiac. But it was impressive okay. how shitty it looked. Like, anything, <laughs> in, anything in motion just looked inhuman. And this one's just kind of bland. Yeah, it's just a really mediocre rom-com story, and that it was really poor animation, and there's not really a reason to look at it except for just to gawk at how bad it is. Yeah, like, looking at all of the um, promo stuff for it just seemed like it was very, like, what you would stereotype shoujo as. It looks like that picture that people pass around of the big-eyed anime girl. Oh, the, um, oh, what, um, yeah, the one where it's, like, super cross-eyed? Yeah, that one's actually... I actually watched that one. That one is a... Oh, what was it? It had, it had gotten it. Uh, oh, it was like a... Kamichama Karin or something. Okay. But yeah, they definitely all have that weird bug-eyed look that especially points out because their 12-year-old heads are tiny. Yeah, but they also get like super deformed really quickly, but you also realize that they're not using that for comedy. They're doing it to save, uh, save animation. I don't think their budget was moving for this. <laughs> Because I was looking at the, the, the PV, and they, it's a lot of, like, screen tones on the back. Like, sort of just flowers and, you know, like, hard single colors kind yeah, of stuff Yeah, so going I would on. recommend it if you had ne- have never seen any romance before. This one <laughs> this one would be a pretty good uh, bottom to improve on. <laughs> good starting starting off point so you can see almost anything and There's go, oh, that looks a- much better. <laughs> okay, so um, the next one I want to talk about was actually the current season of Pretty Cure. 
Okay, so this is the magical girl one, right? Like witches. They're all the magical girl ones. Sorry, like the <laughs> like the more proper like witches wizardry sort of. Yeah, pre-care. actually, uh, it kind of has three names that are equally valid. <laughs> all right. Um. So the thing is, like, they, they're crossover movies, so they say like the names of the of the different series inside the movie, mm-hmm. but it's it's been alternately called Maho Girls Precure and uh, Maho Tsukai Precure, which just means witch precure. Okay. And apparently, at like an international conference where there were um, where Toei was trying to sell their products, um, they translated as witchy precure. Okay. So the weird thing is that almost every single Pretty Cure uh, season has an English title. Besides the first right, one. Right, because they're all like... Uh, like Smile yeah, they all or Fresh. Smile, Fresh, yeah. Those, so those Ma- ones. So Maho Girls is not... It's, it's kind of like in between. It's a little strange. Yeah. But apparently there's an official English translation, which is not the one that's in English. <laughs> huh. Well, anyway, besides the name, it's 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 actually a pretty great season. With a, okay. With a lot more variation in setting and tone than a usual season of Pretty Cure. Like, they normally stick to one or two settings. But okay. uh, in this in this season, they're they're like splitting it up between uh, the magic world and the human world, and they're a- and they're actually going to have it be in both worlds it- alternately. Okay. So this it seems like a little ambitious for it's it's a fifty episode anime, but it still feels like it might be a little too much. So like fans are a little split on whether that's going to be a strength or weakness going forward. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not, only like six or seven episodes in, right? So it's hard to tell. Oh, it's about it's about seventeen much. episodes in. Seven, oh, right. It started last season. Yeah, partially. Yeah. Um, it's. I'm not going to get into the plot of it. Like, it's the thirteenth pretty here season. You know if you want to watch it or not. <laughs> uh, it's just about a girl from the human world named Mariah and a witch from the magic world named Rico, and they meet and transform into legendary magical warriors. It's hard as a Western fan to really get into Precure because there's no real place to watch it like the the only real um exposure we've had is that netflix picked up one of the precarious everyone should watch glitter force on netflix for us for a sweet ass like throwback for kids dub it is the greatest dub i've ever heard in my life everyone <laughs> should watch Gl- glitter force on netflix buy netflix now if you don't have it and watch glitter force <laughs> do they do they do any like extreme cutting to it a la early dubbing or is it like well you I think I was talking to you about it. They cut out an episode where suddenly all parents are dead. Oh no, that's. Or is no. that a different? Is that a different Precure series? That's a completely different Precure series. All right. Oh, Sorry, no, they, you talk is... about Precure a lot, and so sometimes I get things confused, like how there's an episode <laughs> where somehow parents all die and someone gets sad because they can't. No, they, eat they a don't all die. The concept of moms entirely is erased from the from the, our plane of existence. <laughs> what? And hamburgers in okay. the same episode. It's very tragic. <laughs> okay. Um, well, actually, for Glitter Forest, they kind of went with, like, a much more silly dub, like, 4Kids-style dub. Right. And the trade-off of that is what is that they, you, it's actually pretty funny, because, like, okay. it's, it's an already, like, the, it's, Smile is already the silliest pretty here series by, okay. by a lot, by, like, a mile. And then they added joke, more jokes to it. <laughs> right, and, like, did, they, they did a lot of the, like, name change sort of stuff that really, people really hate about localization. Uh, who cares? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they added jokes. How dare they? Why isn't this literal? Yeah, but the well, the thing is that if when you make a, something that silly, you can't have incredibly depressing episodes like the one where where Cure Peace tries to remember the face of her dead father and why <laughs> and why she gave he, he gave her her very specifically Japanese name that is uh, almost uh, untranslatable. Uh, oh, good. 
And also, there's the, 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 the way it ended up happening is they ended up cutting most of uh, the Red Ones episodes that came, like Here's Sunny, because she works in, in a Japanese pizza restaurant, and they didn't want to deal with any of that. Like, it's very distinctly, like, well, her Japanese. Well, inter- her interests are okonomiyaki and Japanese comedy, neither oh. of which are translatable. Ah, uh, I see the issue now. <laughs> there, like, there's a point in, in it where they, like... Or they they can't avoid having the okonomiyaki on screen, so they say, "Oh, it's like a Japanese pizza." Cool, <laughs> cool. And I and I guess if they're marketing it more towards, I guess the precure audience, you know, younger girls, removing some of the like, you know, Japanese stuff that would be hard to like get across makes a lot of sense. Oh well, they actually go very great lengths to try and pretend that it's in America. Right, I mean, kind of like those. They go, like they to, go on a field trip instead of to a Japanese temple to the Asia Pacific Travel Expo. Oh, so they do the Japanifornia sort of Phoenix Wright thing, where it's like, oh, here we are in yeah, California. It's so, also a it, bunch of people set up these shrines. Yeah, but it's so paper thin that it, it has to be a joke. <laughs> There's no possible way to take it seriously. Cool. Like, like the, during during the actual during the smile episode, like they they meet some old women and they they talk and they like ha- have conversations with them. In the glitter force stub, they replace every line those women say with "We're your chaperones." How are, how cool. are you doing, kids? Us are your chaperones. We'll be over here if you need anything. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, that was a digression. But uh, Netflix glitter force, you have to watch glitter force. There's no this is this isn't a. This is an option. You have to watch it. <laughs> and I guess to point out, like, since this is the main, I guess, English source of it, is there anything comparable to the new Precure where you go, if you liked this thing about it, you'll like the Magical Girl witchy Precure? Um, Smile is around the point where it starts getting more modern style, which is why they started dubbing it, the, like, dubbing it here. They actually dubbed the original Pretty Cure, but that was in 2006 or 2005 or something. Okay. So they wanted to have the more modern style, and this is definitely a more modern style of uh, show. Um, okay. It's actually very... Witchy Precure is actually pretty different from uh, Smile. Like, Smile's problem was that it was a little not deep enough. Okay. But, uh, like, but it, like it seems like... a little too goofy. Yeah, but it seems like Witchy Precure might be going a little too far in that other direction. Okay. Because in between has been Princess, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, Princess Pretty Cure is definitely probably a better one to start on than Witchy Pretty Cure. Okay, I've heard a lot of good things about uh, Princess or Princess Pretty Cure. It's actually what like it it, it competes with Heartcatch for the strongest season overall. Okay, so there's just an issue so far you see between uh, both uh, Sweet and the Witchy one that there's just kind of an issue with balance of tone. Um, not not Sweet. Sweet's, no, sweet's, sweet, um, sweet's a different season, actually. Sorry, uh, I'm getting all these together. Um, Glitter Force. But, like, it seems like what you're saying is there's definitely a, ba- a balance issue in terms of if it wants to be too serious or too goofy. Um, it's not really an issue, but... Okay. And the, the Glitter Force dub itself, definitely, yeah. For Smile Pretty Cure, didn't really have that... Smile's that the one, that not Sweet. Okay, got it. Yeah, Smile, Smile has, was weird, because it had a lot... It had some of the strongest single episodes... But the okay. over, overall plot was like you, not very interesting, actually. Okay. Like they, like they didn't really bother to keep to make a make it a real overarching plot. Okay. Because they because they were more focused on making it silly, and they succeeded in that respect. Okay. Um, you should probably cut this entire section. 
No, it's going all in. Everyone needs to know about Precure. Uh, <laughs> well, I wanted to end this on a good note, and the turns out the that Sailor Moon uh, Crystal reboot that you might have remembered, that you probably took the look, looked at maybe one episode or a few screenshots of, and it looked really sloppy and bad. Um, for the third season, the Infinity Arc, also known as Deathbusters, uh, Toei stepped the fuck up. Deathbusters is a good name, by the way. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I remember watching the first couple episodes of Sailor Moon, and it's just like, it seemed very stilted and sort of like, too enamored with the original art style for it to not seem kind of disjointed and kind of messy and stiff. Um, that's interesting that you'd bring that up, because that's almost kind of one of the things that's good about the new season. It's just they're... It, it, but with a modern perspective, it seems like it's a, it's a much better fit for it. Maybe, and I think part of that is just... What I learned later is that the first two seasons were web anime, and because they weren't being put on TV, it was a much lower... Um, I guess they put a lot newer people on the staff, and they also gave a lot less money to it for um... production. I don't know. At if, least I don't know if that's entirely. That. I don't know if that's entirely how that works, but that's like, that seems plausible. Um, I at least know that this is that Deathbusters is the first time it's been on TV. Yeah, I, there, there's some stuff that's a little more important than that, though. Namely, they okay. they completely changed the director. Oh, that'll be a big one. Yeah, they replaced the director and moved him to character designs and put and put Ch- Chiaki Khan, uh, one of the few women directors in anime, actually. Okay. Uh, and had her do Sailor Moon Crystal three. Uh, season three. Um, All right. So they also brought uh, several uh, animators who worked on Pretty Cure. So something that was uh, missing a lot in the first two seasons of Crystal were the silly Sailor Moon faces that everyone remembers from their childhood. Right. And they're back. That was they're back and stronger thing. than ever. And I feel like some of that went into Pre Cure because I know that there were a number of Sailor Moon animators on Pre Cure for a while, or at least Princess. Yeah, that's also kind of why P- Princess was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, and also you can actually, you can definitely see uh, several uh, um, comparisons of like mouth shapes during comedy scenes that look exactly the same between really old S- Sailor Moon and and last year's Princess Pretty Cure. Yeah, and I mean like old Sailor Moon definitely had a lot of that because of just how it was produced, being so divorced in a way from the uh, I guess original content between the uh, the manga. Because they, they had to add a whole bunch of stuff for the fact that it was serialized. Mm-hmm. Just, like, lots of filler stuff, and it led to a lot of goofier episodes, and a lot of people will remember it more for sort of the wackiness with which the plot came up than a lot of the more serious stuff. Yeah, it has a reputation for being, like, a, a very, like, by-the-numbers uh, Monster of the Week show. Mm-hmm. But so far in Deathbusters, none of them have been Monster of the Week. Like, all, it's right. all just, like, actually, about the pacing, it actually has extremely quick pacing, like, on almost like Dragon Ball Kai level, from what I've heard so from people. So they're cutting out all the, they're cutting out all the white noise. They're trimming all the dead air, like, nothing drags during Sailor <laughs> Moon, which is crazy. All the, yeah. all the action is crisp and exciting. It's, 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 it's something I'm really not used to seeing in, like, Magical Girls, period. Like, it's so fast. And it seems like a lot of people have been pointing out just how much more, like, into the animation that uh, Deathbusters has been going. Like, the transformation sequences and all that, just a lot more lively. Oh, yeah, the stock footage is absolutely gorgeous. Like, they they redid all the attacks, transformations, and Mm -hmm. and the important thing is they did it all in 2D instead of 3D. Right, because that 3D was abysmal. 
Oh yeah, especially in the opening. Um, I he- I heard something that I can't I couldn't actually find a source on, but apparently like the director for the stock footage animate the, for the transformations and the attacks, um, threatened to strike if they do- couldn't let her do two D. Wow. So they they really put it all on the line to make this season really good. And it, from what I've seen, I haven't gone back to it. It looks really good. Yeah, from what from the people who stock Toei and animators, they say that all the really good ones that who work on like the high end pretty cares that work on the really good shows, they're all on this project now. Yeah, that's really good to hear. Though uh, I hear, unfortunately, the Crunchyroll subs have only degraded as the uh, quality of the show has improved. Yes, you heard that from me. Yes, and I've I've seen a couple other ones pointing out like I wish these subtitles were in actual English. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a little bit of a problem, but, uh, they'll, they'll fix that later, hopefully. <laughs> I'm sure. And, and I feel like that's, I mean, that's one thing that to, like, simulcast that can hurt it a bit, is with only, you know, a couple hours to translate everything, things are gonna fall through the cracks. It just seems like Sailor Moon's got a lot, maybe flower ear, like, kind of more flowery dialogue, so a lot of the translations end up sounding a lot stiffer when they come to English. Yeah, but it's also, like, the source material's been out there for years. Like, you should just... whatever. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, can't, it, can't it always be that seems weird that they don't crib a lot of translations from things that already exist. Yeah. Like, just for other shows in general. Like, that'd, be a pretty, expect... that'd be a much better option. <laughs> yeah, because they always... I feel like for visual novels more recently, it's like, if they have a fan... Uh, if they have a fan translation, people like, yeah, sure, just we're just gonna take this and uh, edit it well, I so get... that it looks better. Well, I guess I guess if they're prof- they're paid to be translators, they can't cheat like that. Possibly, yeah, probably. That probably hasn't stopped anyone before, but yeah, but I think that makes a lot more sense. Is they're probably trying to do a a more faithful to the anime translation. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, something that they do that actually improves on Sailor Moon from the old anime is that they use the time that they save from like trimming all the dead air and fights and like on all the all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that they can show parts that the old anime skipped over, like okay. uh, like currently there's this whole this whole arc with a, a character named Haruka who's actually a cyborg. Oh, uh, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon's pretty fucked up, actually. Yeah, Sailor Moon is weird, and if you don't watch the like the Deke dub, you get a lot more of that idea. Yeah, but it's something that they never actually got to, like getting into like her stuff. And during these episodes, like in between fights, it's all about like her her struggle, like dealing with. Like, her robot parts that are just giving her... Like, she is constantly in agony. Huh. Like, because she just has metal all over her body. Because, yeah, I feel like even with the, um... She, like, she was the, she was revived by a mad scientist father. Like, even with the new translation they did through um, Viz or whatever, like, they don't get to touch on that because they're still working with the original anime content. Mm-hmm. So, it's... It's interesting to see that they're kind of filling in the blanks where the original one isn't. So it's kind of starting to stand up on its own, it seems, as, like, a worthwhile, like, reboot. Rather than just kind of, like, From the word word go in Season 3, it's been absolutely stellar. Yeah, and that's exciting to hear. I I would definitely recommend all of, like, starting from, like, there's only, like, eight episodes out right now, but, like, starting from Deathbusters, it's incredible. And, and I the, feel first, like the first few seasons are unwatchable. You can't, you can't even. They're garbage. But if you but, look at the Blu-rays, the, the yeah, change the, blue, is the Blu-rays look pretty good though. But it would be hard for you to find access to those in a way that would like make it easy for you to watch them. And I feel like Sailor Moon is the sort of thing where 
even if you haven't seen it, you've at least heard enough about it to be able to kind of fill in the blanks where you would need to. Yeah, that's what I've been fe- I've been seeing recently because I actually never saw or read the original story of Sailor Moon, so this is all new to me. Hmm. But I definitely didn't feel like I needed to look back. <laughs> yeah, like there's there aren't a lot of things that you're missing. You're missing like Chibiusa holding a gun to her mom's head. Like there's there's like weird ass shit like that. <laughs> that's like as a, as a single moment you go, oh holy shit. But, like, as a whole, you can kind of skip a lot of it and still get the same idea. Because Deathbusters is also where a lot of people talk about the plot getting really good. Because that's where it introduces, like, the Outer Scouts and gets more into these other characters that help fill out the cast more. Yeah, and you normally, like, if Crystal had kept going at, at its at its pace, you would have expected it to be, like... Like the, with the heat with a larger cast, they would have they would have spent more time on dead air and stock animation and reaction to shots like Dragon Ball Z, but yeah. they actually have like actually just stepped up and made all these scenes really crisp and really compact and to the point mm-hmm. in a way that I've almost never seen in any in any Magical Girl anime. Like it's it's comparable to like how fast Madoka is, like how much stuff happens in each episode of that show. And I mean, that's sort of true because they had to shove all that content into 12 episodes. Yeah, so I'm actually seeing some people on Twitter being a little questioning, like, how long is this going to be? They've got, they've rocketed through all the, all the source material. Yeah, I don't know, because there's still, I think, more for them to go through. Like, there might be another season's worth of content, depending on how they handle the rest of it. But who knows? Yeah, but, well, Sailor Moon Crystal Season 3 is extremely good. And it's worth watching. And, and that's honestly the best thing I could hear, because, like, I remember really liking Sailor Moon as a kid. And going into Crystal is like, well, I haven't experienced Sailor Moon in forever, so this would be a good way to jump back in, I guess. And being so disappointed, I'm glad that Season 3 is a good enough starting point that you could get all the good parts of Sailor Moon in. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, being able to show all the gay stuff. <laughs> well, because that's that's the thing. Going back through, I I found some stuff of the dub, and it's like that all gets cut out, and a lot of weird edits get made to that content. Like you miss out a lot of stuff, and then just like the 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 subtext like that. So yeah, I've heard I've heard some things about Sailor Moon's dubbing, how awkward it was. <laughs> I, there's still oh, uh, there's I, I remember, still I remember one particular line of the Wikipedia page that was like. It, it, if anything, it made it way worse because it implied they were cousins, but it didn't fully remove like their affection for each other. Yeah, no, they, so they do like it, the they do like the sparkle tones so and it, it they're it, like it, looking it at each other. It made a tone of incest that wasn't there before, <laughs> and arguably made it much worse. Yeah, and just like they made the whole thing a lot goofier, I think, to sort of play off that. Like, there's a point where I think, um, what is it? It's Sailor Moon and Mamoru are kissing, and it's, it turns out it's like. Oh man, do you have like gum in your mouth? This sh- this feels like a brick. I can't get unstuck. Like they try to make everything about it goofy, from the romance to the serious drama to everything. It's weird. Wow, maybe I should. Well, maybe I should watch the original Sailor Moon dub. That sounds amazing. There are moments to it that are really great because it's also very, very nineties. Like they say things like bodacious hunkster to refer to dudes. I definitely need to watch the show <laughs> and things like that. The dub dialogue is so. Weird and like I think someone calls someone a tuna melt as an insult. <laughs> there, there are very charming moments that dub that are very obviously a product of its time and not representative of the material, but has its own charm that basically makes it its own show. 
realistically, if you watch the the Deke dub of Sailor Moon, you're watching a different show. Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it's it's fascinating going back to it because they also like because of how much content they cut at the end of every episode. It's like Sailor Moon says, and it's like a short uh, a short like PSA about the episodes. Like, don't act like me, Sailor Moon, and fail all your tests. Do good about studying and going to bed on time. <laughs> so yeah, there there are cool moments to it, but it's glad to hear that this the crystal has like gotten over its awkward starting hump and reached a point where it's it's starting to get really good. Well, that's that's the last show I wanted to talk about. So thanks for having me on and let me talk about some shows that you guys might have missed with with your initial initial assessments. Yeah, I think it's really good to hear alternative opinions on certain shows, even if it's like, oh, it turns out we were right to like ignore this show. Like, it's nice to hear, like, oh, you know, this is kind of what this show is actually about, since the synopses aren't always the best at, like, presenting the actual plot of a show. So, yeah, it was great to hear from you. Thank you, QB, and it's always great to have you uh, writing in to the podcast and uh, supporting us from the bleachers. Yeah, anytime. And also correcting us every time we fuck up some information about Precure, like I always do. Obviously. <laughs> Look, if, some, if, if no one's going to correct me, how can I get better at knowing everything about anime? As the world's only anime podcast... Only one. We need to be able to give the facts to people, and only the facts. So you, so everyone should watch Netflix, Glitter Force. Yep, that's what we got from this. Glitter Force take on message. Netflix. And maybe check out Sailor Moon Crystal, too, as well. Alright, well, I've been Chorps Away. QB. And just thank you for joining us for this bonus episode where we talk about some of the animes we didn't watch before. See you at the end of the season to tell you about how these things turned out. See you later, guys.